and welcome to episode 55 of Yelling About Comics. I'm your host, Jen Bozier. And I'm Carrie Honey. And this week, we are pouring one out for DCU and Yelling About Comics, where we don't often yell, but we do get very impassioned. As mentioned, we'll be talking about DCU, including Doom Patrol, Titans, and Swamp Thing, and the various comics that Carrie and I have been reading throughout the last couple of weeks. We'll be talking about the issues in detail, so if you know that you've been reading some of the series, maybe come back to this after you've caught up on that, so we don't give you any spoilers. As mentioned, we're pouring one out for DCU. (sighs) Well, okay, so let's back up really quickly. If the rumors are to be believed, DCU is going away. Warner Brothers issued a kind of cryptic comment about the future of DCU that makes it sound like it's going away and everybody's kind of jumped onto it. And I don't know if it was one of those last ditch, we're canceling this. Please subscribe. (laughs) Could be. what? Um, But they've been very tight-lipped about another season of Doom Patrol. They've already said that Swamp Thing is done. It's dead in the water. (laughs) Uh, swamps you see um laugh at my jokes peasants um and titans is the only thing that they're doubling down on this week they actually revealed the man that they cast to play superboy and they revealed their casting choice for aqualad spoiler alert he's quite attractive um he actually kind of looks like if you went back in time to like california era brad pitt and then just like perfected him a little bit. Yes, I just mentioned California with a K. You're all welcome. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. They were definitely going for a um, uh, Jason Momoa, but less hairy. Because he, right. he still has that very chiseled face of J- like, like Jason Momoa. Very and, and, he's, and he's blonde. So, kind of goes like in the opposite direction of the comics where... Aquaman is blonde and Aqualad is uh, black haired. Is he not? I think he's not Aqualad anymore. He's Tempest. I think. Yes. To be fair, that's a cooler name. Well, you know, they had to give everybody these really weird, you know, like Kid Flash. That's a terrible name. Oh, it's a terrible name. Speedy. Terrible name. Yeah, no, those aren't good. But so I'm a little surprised, to be honest. I know that and we said this at the very from the get go and they said they were announcing DCU that we weren't. And we weren't the only people saying this, obviously, but could DC support an entire streaming service at the tune of, you know, what, seven, eight bucks a month? Mm -hmm. Um, One of their big claims to fame was that, oh, we're going to have all of our comics and all of our old movies. And that's been a little harder than I thought they I think they thought it was going to be they have some of their stuff like right now all the Tim Burton Batman movies are on there and I think um, I think the Christopher Nolan ones are too but there are some gaps wasn't the the entire Batman animated series on there I think it is yeah yeah and I guess and we had said this at the time too is that the stuff that they do have with a few exceptions obviously like Young Justice and uh, the Justice League and all those shows, with a few with a few exceptions, I think a, I think a lot of the stuff they had, if you wanted to watch that, you probably own it, 
on a different service or you've watched it elsewhere. Like, I'm not sure if the nostalgia driver was as big as they thought it was going to be. And their comic selection was shockingly low. I remember talking with Seth Mm -hmm. about, because he was like, oh, well, you know, if they have the entire DC back catalog, I'll get that. But they never quite pulled that together. Uh, Yeah. Which is a shame because I think if they might, if they did, that would be far more enticing for people to kind of jump on board. Because that's been, you know, because that's at that point, that's tapping into Comixology's bit with Comixology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least with DC, because they literally own it, they could still keep it there. You know, it's not like because I think Comixology rotates out what they have, what they have with their Unlimited. And even then, it's only like, you know, first like five issues of a series like get you hooked and then ma- and make you buy them. Right. The DC seem like they're going to have like everything that is digital would be available, which would be, mm-hmm. which would have been awesome. I mean, $7 a month, you get all of that. I mean, how awesome, honestly for us, would that be like, especially like me, if I want to do some research on Shazam, I could go back and look at all of those digital comics that I know exist because they're on comiXology. That's kind of cool. For right. $7 a month. They did do a good job of that. Before I put my foot in my mouth, I'm double checking on the app here really quickly. They did do a good job of that with Swamp Thing. They have the classic, the three classic Alan Moore omnibi, and they have. Um, it's hard to call them a graphic novel because one of them, like I have the, I actually have the paperback of it. And it's like that thick. I mean, it's a an inch for people who aren't sitting in the room with us. Um, I mean, it's a pretty thick book so i hesitate to call it a graphic novel it's a collected version i guess but they have those on there they also have the rot world arc as well and all of the other things that tie into that so if you were curious about trying to catch up on swamp thing they did have that i think they had a really good catalog supporting the shows that they had and then it gets spotty after that which i guess i understand but they should it would have been nice if they had it not only like kind of go along with their shows, but also the movies that were coming out. For yes. example, like Shazam, a lot of people had no idea what that was or yeah. who he was. Um, I can tell you if I wasn't sitting out there, my husband would not have known what any of that was. Um, right. Although I'm looking through this. Wow. They do have detective comics, but that's not all of them though. That's from 2016 on. Right. They have a weird, I mean, and I'm sure it has to do with licensing. Um, I'm pretty certain that's what it is. Because, again, some of the, some of the stuff they do and don't have is just, is peculiar. Well, one thing I, I'm finding funny, so there's a section called Sidekicks All Grown Up. <laughs> and it's got the most recent Nightwing, which is a shame. If that's all that they have is the most recent Nightwing, just because right. so much of the older stuff is also very, very uh, paramount to him. And then they got Red Hood and the Outlaws and Batgirl. They actually have an older Batgirl. Um, they do. And it's funny. They have uh, the recent Titans, the one that's already over. But not any of the ones in the past. I would probably delve more into... Because the Titans that they have here is not one that has most of those characters. Like right. Raven, Beast Boy, Starfire, none of those are are in Titans. Mm-hmm. You know what the one thing, though, that I've been really impressed with with DC Universe? That 
nobody else really does um, is if you go to their recent news section, they have all these articles that support their shows. So like for episode three of Swamp Thing, they had the comic book roots of <laughs> roots because plants. Anyways, um, they have the roots so they kind of tell you like, hey, this is who these characters are that we're talking about. And this is where this comes from. And this is what we're talking about here. And then they also had like where to start reading Nightwing comics. And they had a lot of stuff. They have a lot of really good stuff actually around getting you familiar with the characters and getting you into the world. I, they, they have the foundation of such a great idea. I don't I don't know where it went quote unquote wrong or I mean maybe it just is app fatigue maybe too many people were like oh god I'm not subscribing to yet another service well so I just was flipping through the new to read on DC Universe they are bringing their older comics slowly but surely I'm seeing Detective Comics issue 311 from 19, oh, well, that's nice. from the 1950s so yeah look at Robin with the short shorts it was a dark time. <laughs> it was a dark time. Um, but yes, I mean, it's coming along. And, um, you know, it's really funny because when you and I were on the phone and we were talking about how sad we were, you know, if this rumor is true that this is going away because we both got really hooked on Doom Patrol and it's obviously yes. open for another season. It's a cliffhanger. Gotta find out mm -hmm. who this Mr. Nobody. He just can't be hanging out in the white space with the Beard Hunter. That's no. Just, that's just weird. Um, Can you imagine? <laughs> um, I haven't started watching Swamp Thing. Um, so maybe I'm to blame. Maybe I'm to blame for it being canceled. But Thanks, Carrie. Right. Uh, but, I mean, if it's anything like Titans, if it's half of, like, if it's half of what Doom Patrol was, or if it's right. like Titans, I know it's going to be a good show. And I kind of like the idea of them moving towards, you know, the lesser known, I guess. The right. not as popular characters. Like, if they did another Batman show, I don't think this would have done very well. Because everyone's just so tired of all right. that. But what I was like... Originally Which was smart. Right. What I was originally saying, though, is that, you know, when they first announced DC Universe... We were just like, what the hell is this? Especially mm -hmm. because, you know, the whole, like, fuck Batman thing with, with with Titans. And we were all making fun of it. And we refused to do it. And then I think you got talked into just trying out Titans, like, to do the free week. It was when I had my appendix taken out. And I was bored. And a friend had watched Titans. And he really liked it. And he and I was, I mean, I was sitting in bed. I had to sit in bed for three days because right. I couldn't do anything. So I was like, oh. Guess I'm just gonna binge Titans, and it, as we've said before, like the first three episodes, I was like, "Oh, this is so bad," and then the fourth episode, like, "Oh, okay, clearly they're finding their footing," and then by the time you get to this, like the sixth episode, like, sold, hundred percent sold, and do not regret. But yeah, it took that, it took that to get me to commit. Yeah, and you've recommended it. And I still made fun of you for it. And then I had several other people's like, no, seriously, Titans is really good. And I was like, what about the whole fuck Batman thing? They're like, oh, that was so overblown. They should never have shown that. They should never have shown that. And you know and, what, though? I think maybe they didn't know how to market the service. 
Like, I, I think, I understand in a way they wanted to make sure that, hey, this is not exactly appropriate. This is not your this typical, for kids. you know, Young Justice or, right. you know, uh, Justice League Unlimited cartoon. Like, I mean, this, it's a little more hardcore extreme. It's a little bit more of what you might find in the comics. Although in the DC comics, they don't actually cuss. They just, you know, every now and then they'll have like, you know, parentheses and mm-hmm, percentages. The little and, wing things. Yeah. But it's not very often. Not as much as they actually do, especially in Doom Patrol. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! Doom Patrol imagine is almost, um, you know, uh, back when I was reading Game of Thrones, the game, sorry, the Song of Ice and Fire, way back, uh, and someone was asking me like, "Well, would you recommend it?" And I was like, "I don't know, because uh, it's one of those fantasies that it's definitely a fantasy, but it's more medieval, and then they suddenly bring in the magic, so it's kind of fantasy." Said, so, but really. It's it's very adult. It's pretty much the knights who say fuck. And that's what I told everybody. It's the knights who say fuck. And I stand by that. And I feel like Doom Patrol did the same thing. It's superheroes who say fuck. Because they do. Right. Which, a lot. Well, I think that's probably a good 60 or 70% of Brendan Fraser's lines is, What the fuck? Well, him and uh, Jane. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Jane. Um... But that sells it. I mean, so I was thinking about that the other day. So Titans, they have, with Titans, they have just an honest-to-goodness, old-school superhero show. It's it's edgy, edgier, air quotes, um, because they do cuss a lot, and it is violent, and they're not afraid to shy away from the violence. And there is, I shouldn't say is, there are a lot of adults, I'm thinking specifically of, like, Hawk and Dove, there are some very adult themes mm-hmm. going on in it. So it is very much a grown-ups superhero show. And then with Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol, oh my God. Doom Patrol, I guess, is more of like just a comedy in terms of like what is going on. It has a lot of adult themes and a lot of seriousness to it, but it's so bizarre and off the wall. It, the only word that I can think about to use to describe it is gonzo because it's just. I like it. It's just Gonzo. It's so crazy. And then with Swamp Thing, they have a really good horror series, right? So you have three different genres that you're tackling. And as you said, off the beaten path characters. This is not yet another watching Batman's parents go down murder alley. This is not. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, most of that stuff is already covered by the CW. You have Flash, you have Arrow, you had Supergirl, you have Gotham on NBC. Uh, NBC, NBC, I think it is. Um, you have all these, all of that stuff is being done elsewhere. So they clearly wanted to stand out. And I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, Doom Patrol's kind of superheroes who say fuck. But it was so unlike anything else. They really put a good foot forward with that. And Swamp Thing... Usually when like they're like, oh, the show is so expensive and it has a high budget. And you watch the show and you're like, where did the budget go? You, you don't think that was Swamp Thing. They really went all out with it. The body horror in it is outstanding. And um, they've done a really good job with it. And, and that's high praise from you just because you're so critical 
about yes. Swamp Thing. Just And it's not a bad thing. It's just that you're so critical because you like it so much. You want to see things done right with it. I do. And when we talk about what we've been reading, again, air quotes, since I'm not reading Swamp Thing, I'm watching it. I'll go more into that. But the... Um, They've just done such a good job with it. And again, since it's like, this is my Graceland. I'm so excited. Um, but they've put such a good foot forward. And I have I went from being like, what are you doing, DC? To being genuinely sad and scared that they're getting rid of this. Again, so here's one of the big questions that I think is on everybody's mind. Is that they're, they're continuing to cast for Titans and a Diop and... Um, dude who plays gar i can't think of the actor's name right now they've been sharing all sorts of photos oh and um the girl who plays dove i'm like drawing a blank on names tonight uh minka kelly she has been she's been sharing out all these photos from them filming season two it looks like so much fun if they kill dcu where does titans go does it go to hulu amazon prime netflix Netflix maybe I don't I don't see Netflix I don't see Netflix why I don't think I see Netflix because Netflix had the Marvel Universe for a long time right and that did not go well and that ended very and I mean in terms of it ending it didn't end very well, well and everybody was kind of shocked by that well wasn't that because Disney was like oh we want to do our own service though it was, but I don't know if that would make Netflix, Netflix a little would, gun shy. Mm, they wouldn't want to take that kind of a risk. Right. And be like, you know what? No, we're just making our own content. Maybe Hulu. Hulu, but then Hulu also is in bed with Disney. And so they have all of the Marvel stuff. Does it make sense for Hulu to have a DC all right, then Amazon, Warner Brothers? Amazon Prime. I could right. See that, that becomes the next thing. Because Amazon Prime... I feel as though Amazon Prime, Hulu, Hulu's genesis and the rub for Hulu is that you get live TV, you can watch South Park and mm -hmm. Orville and whatever else you missed last night for a cable cutter, right? So they have some original series, obviously, but that was not their bread and butter and what they needed. And Netflix has Stranger Things and they had Russian Doll and they had Orange is New Black and all these other really great series that really made, you know, that you go, oh, Netflix, this one series. Amazon Prime, they have a lot of series, but they don't really have that one series yet that everybody's like, oh, this one series on Amazon Prime. And I think you and I had this conversation the other day when we were talking about nobody subscribes to Amazon Prime for the video content. No, the video content is an extra perk. Right, it's like the frosting on the cake. Everybody's like, oh, hey, and you get video content. So maybe maybe Titans becomes that big thing that they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have Titans. Could be. You know, the thing is about Amazon Prime is that I'll, I don't see their shows advertised very much. No! I have I have lately with uh, uh, Good Omens. Yes, um, I've seen that advertised um, a lot. Like I, I have not, I have cut cable and yet not at the same time, because right, like I don't have traditional cable or satellite, but we do go through uh, PlayStation View, so I do see you know traditional 
uh, formatting on networks. So we've seen good omens like a lot, but that's it. Um, I've, you know, I, when I found out Ron Perlman was in a series that apparently was really good on Amazon prime, I didn't know. Um, like I even have, we watch, what series was he on? Cause I didn't know about this either. It's called like hand of God or something like that. And, um, yeah, we we watch everything through Kindle Fire. We have a Fire mm-hmm. Stick. Kindle Fire, God, idiot! <laughs> Amazon Fire Stick. I was following you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we watch everything like on our little tablet. No, uh, mm-hmm. th- through the Fire Stick, and there's not much advertising for the stuff. They didn't they didn't have much good omens advertising on their home screen. Like, no, r- like right now, what's up there is Toy Story Four. For right. for, their, for their advertising on the on the uh right the fire stick home screen but um but yeah so i mean there's been other things i know that they have had like the tick i think was amazon prime yes and I didn't see they're trying to get adver- into nerd culture i didn't see any advertising for that um i've basically been using amazon prime for watching see uh whole seasons of stuff that is not on netflix because netflix i can't watch current shows on netflix anymore it's just pretty much their own content now and uh and hulu i'll look at hulu and if it's not there because uh fx jumps back and forth where their stuff is sometimes it's only on their service which thanks to pant load fx for that i don't really want to subscribe another service um, it's on their service or it's on, on Hulu or it's on Amazon Prime. Like right now I'm catching up on last two seasons of the Americans, which is not on Hulu, even though all their other stuff is mm-hmm. that's on Amazon Prime. Yep. Like again, you're saying like, there's not much advertising, but maybe if they somehow merged with DCU got that funding because in a way, Amazon thinks can Amazon can take risks with their prime video because, like you said, that's usually not why people subscribe. Right. So if a show, they can. If a show bombs, well, no big deal. People are still there for that one day shipping, yo. Yeah. And that's true. And the other thing, though, about... Um, so the other thing that I think DCU learned is that it's all well and good to say... Oh, we're gonna have a ho- we're gonna have our own streaming service because oh, we just got to make an app. But then people forget how much maintenance goes into that app mm-hmm. and how much other stuff. It's not just apps; you have to have an entire back end to support that, right? And servers and all of this stuff, which is why in the old days of cable, right, you just sent your information and the cable companies were like here you go and it's actually one of the reasons that netflix and amazon prime are so in- intriguing for uh content distribution because you just make your content and then give it to them and then they worry about all of that expensive stuff right so i think they discovered that it was much more expensive than they thought it was going to be and you really need to woo people over and as we said for advertising you know Prime can afford not to really advertise their stuff. They don't need to. Like, I just pulled up Prime Video just to see what's on the advertising page. It's Jonas Brothers Chasing Happiness. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely what I want to watch. If I scroll through, I can get to Good Omens. 
and other stuff that I've never heard of. Um, oh, I forgot. They have the boys, too. But they're starting to get into that nerd culture, right? They're starting mm-hmm. to get into, they have the boys. They have good omens. They had the tick. Maybe Titans is a good thing. Or maybe this little, <clears throat> we're going to cancel the service. Maybe that calls people in and they get more subscribers and then it saves them because Titans and the thing that's pissing me off about this is that Titans and Doom at the end, Titans, Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing are all being well reviewed. The people who have it like it. But you know, but you know how that goes. Critics can love it, but if nobody's watching it and consumers don't like it, you know, and I heard from so many people that um that they you know they took advantage of that one free week and they watched yeah. all of titans and i was like oh my gosh you got to watch doom patrol and they're like well maybe if i can somehow get another free week i'm like oh my god pay no. your eight bucks <laughs> if you liked titans enough that you're like oh i want to watch another show that means it's worth the eight dollar investment even if you just subscribe for a month to watch doom patrol Kick them $8. You can't go to a movie for $8. No. No. Like, come on. Like, I think my kids now cost $8 <laughs> to go to the movies. But yeah. it's, it's not only that, but, you know, um, and I, there is some, which I understand, they don't, it's like, I don't want to subscribe to another service. And I, I totally, totally understand And that. I get that 100%. I mean, we wanted to get away from you know, paying $300 a month for satellite and having all these channels that we don't even even watch. So, so on one hand, it's nice to kind of pick and choose what we get, but people don't want to keep on paying all these different platforms, especially if you do buy them all, you will get back up to what you were paying. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's there yet, but it's pretty darn close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um, and. That's even if you exclude. So a lot of those figures, like people are trying to trot out right now, being like, "Oh, you're paying what you were paying for cable." They're including Amazon Prime in that, and I'm like, "Yeah, no shit." But again, you don't have Prime for the video content. I promise you. No, I mean I joined it when it was just about the shipping, right? And then they brought in the video, and then the music. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's cool. It's cool that that's there." But I, you know, I just I just want want the shipping. I actually got a notification the other day. This is really random, but I got a notification the other day that my account is 20 years old. <laughs> On oh, Amazon. Wow. It's almost old enough to drink. <laughs> well, so when I went to college th- and I was complaining about books, somebody was like, have you heard of Amazon? You should get on there. So this was back in 98. When it was just a book place. Yep. It was just for books. And sure as shit, you could get some, like, for, because as an English major, you could get some of the books really cheap on Amazon. And you could find out of print books. Yes. Which that's what I, that's how I discovered it, was looking for an out of print book. Mm hmm. But I think I've been a Prime subscriber since Prime came out. Mm. So. Pretty much, not, yeah. It was not for the video content. It still isn't. But, you know, the other thing... Oh, God! You know what else I forgot about? What? You know what's coming out on DC Universe? What? Harley Quinn series. Oh. oh. That's still coming out. Is and then... It? I mean, if they're yeah. canceling... Hold, please. 
Yeah. Do, 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 uh, do. Apparently. Yeah, it's going to be there animated. I thought it was coming out at the end of the year. But apparently it's coming out. I don't know. Apparently it's coming out later this year. But oh my god. Is that they have Diedrich Bader playing Batman in the Harley oh, Quinn series? Oh yeah. We're getting back to the Brave and the Bold. He actually had a good voice for Batman. Oh, in, he has a great voice. And uh in Brave and the Bold. It was weird because all I could think of was like the Drew Carey show and Office Space. <laughs> That's all I ever think of him of is the guy from Office Space. All I hear him is shit no man. Get your ass kicks in something like that. It's just the first thing. Oh, he was in Veep too, though. Was he? <laughs> He's hilarious in Veep. That sh- that whole show was hysterical, but in a depressing manner. Um, he does a lot of voice work, like a lot of voice well, he's work, got, because he has a great voice. He's got the voice for it. Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, um, oh shit! I have a huge crush on him, and I just totally spaced his name. Oh my god, he was the tick for a while, and he's Kronk in the Emperor's oh, New Groove. Oh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton, thank you. Just has that good, deep, manly voice that just, it works. One thing I like about Patrick Warburton, though, is that, yes, I can usually pick him out, because he does have a very mm-hmm. distinct voice, but he is able to do different voices, and, and even he though is. it's kind of the same. Like, for example, he has a role in Skylanders. He has a role in every uh-huh. Skylanders game. And that guy is a complete goofball. So he like right. he elongates the drawl and almost has like you know the a puberty you know spike like crack in the voice. And then you know I've heard him do a more serious stuff where he's got a really deep, really deep voice, very serious. And yes. then of course you know, Kronk <laughs> singing his own stealth oh music. My God. Whoa! Apparently they're also going to have Jason Alexander in this too. <laughs> Which makes me so happy. As? Uh, it does not say. Penguin, maybe? Maybe. That would actually fit really well. So, Jason Alexander, I know that everybody and their mother is... So, fun fact about me, I've never seen an episode of Seinfeld. You're not missing uh, anything. Yes, I said it. You're not missing anything. Come at me, bro. Um, so some everybody's always like, oh, yeah, the guy from Seinfeld. I actually think of him from Duckman. Duckman was like one of my favorite shows in the 90s. There was this golden renaissance of anime, animation, I guess I should say, in the 90s. Because you had Duckman on USA. I think it was on USA. And then over on MTV, you had Aeon Flux, Beavis and Butthead, Daria, and The Head. Oh, and The Max, all running at the same time. So this golden age of 90s animation. And Duckman, if you haven't ever seen Duckman, look it up. It's sublime. It it was very raunchy, but it was hilarious. He just, he plays this repugnant asshole. Which, I hope they put him as the penguin now, because that would be thematically so wonderful. See, when I think of Jason Alexander... I think of Pretty Woman. Oh, God. Oh. Stop what you're doing. What? Ask me who they cast as the Joker. Jared Leto? Alan Tudyk. (gasps) (laughs) The man, the 
Smith, the legend. The oh my god, he would treasure. be a good Joker. There should be he's a Texan too. There should he be is like a Texan. There should be a holiday for Alan Tudyk in Texas. Get on that, Gary. But I yeah, mean cause, that's because Texas really embraces nerd culture. Well, you guys are getting there. Uh we do have a Warhammer be... Citadel, so <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, fuck off. <laughs> We don't. And we're like one of the nerd capitals. Nobody can beat Utah, of course, but um, Mormons got to do something. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's seriously hardcore Trekkies in Utah. That's primarily what it is. They like the Star Trek. Um, But, so that series is coming out soon. I have to imagine they're going to get through everything that they have slated. So I guess there's still probably a lot of time. And as far as I know, this is still kind of just based off of something that was said in the Warner Brothers. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the financial call. Um, so maybe, but they had, there was another show. What was the other show? Harley Quinn is coming out. So you're naming and... all these shows I didn't even know they had on the docket. Okay, well, let's go back to the Amazon Prime problem. They definitely have an advertising problem because I forgot Harley Quinn existed. Well, not, not the character, the or my cat. It's okay, kitty. My cat's looking at me like I exist. Um, the, I didn't uh, know there was a Harley Quinn animation. Yes, so that was actually what they came out and So I was a little shocked by it because when they had, I think it was last year at San Diego Comic-Con when they ran that Titans trailer. Mm-hmm heard around the world um they were also like oh we also have a harley quinn animated show and they had this weird little teaser trailer for it and it was just kind of like oh okay um nobody was super excited about it and then and <laughs> the tra- and harley quinn it looks like they're going to kind of try to deadpool her a little bit like she's breaking the fourth wall all over the place which kind of works for harls mm-hmm. and um ms quinzel and um but dr quinzel dr quinzel that's true actually um so they they talked about that and i was like oh that's really awesome and then you never heard anything else about it okay so i just found an article that lists all their original programming oh okay 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 so uh, in addition to all that star girl yes that's supposed to be coming out one of the okay so they're bringing the jsa into this it's supposed to come out in august of this year yes and that actually has a somewhat big cast associated with it too nobody like big names but i mean they've grabbed quite a few people for it uh and then they're going to do their own take on gotham called metropolis Oh. Okay. I can't. I can't. It, even... The show actually mm. comes from Gotham producers John Stevens and Danny Cannon. Although it'll have a markedly Whoa. different tone. Well, I hope so because Superman's not grimdark. No. No, he's not. Okay. We're... So, oh, here, here, here. Yeah, you're right. I did. I found the thing. So, Star Girl, then Harley Quinn. So, yeah, Star Girl's coming out in the fall, and then Harley Quinn comes after that. Um, Young Justice. Oh, is Young Justice already out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's more. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the first thing that came out. 
those are big heavy hitters though because again they had titans they had doom patrol they had swamp thing star girl so doom patrol and titans are ensemble pieces right Swamp Thing, they're really getting a good opportunity to focus in on one character. And then Stargirl, again, they'll get to focus in on one character. Harley Quinn, it sounds like, is going to be more of, if not an ensemble, a duo. Because the main characters are going to be Harley and Ivy. It's going to be the the buddy, not buddy cop, buddy criminal. <laughs> Everybody's favorite pair um, mm. of Ivy and Harley. So... I mean, they have such a broad smattering. And to your point, Harley is... Every time I say that, my cat's ears keep perking at me. Um, Harley is well-known, but she's not so well-known that... I don't think Harley's backstory is so well-known that everyone's going to be like, oh, this again. And I don't even know that they're going to go into it. Stargirl, if you say that you're familiar with Stargirl, you're a liar. I've never heard of her. I had never heard of her either. I'm sure that From is probably like, oh, I know who that is. Uh, <laughs> our DC whisperer over there. But again, it's, you know, so my first thought is when I see Stargirl, I'm like, oh, no. Because it just isn't, I don't know who that is. I have no familiarity with this. But on the other hand, Doom Patrol sucked me in quite thoroughly. So I'm definitely going to try it. I have to say, I'm not pleased with the voice actress they've cast for Harley. Um, oh, I don't remember who it was, but I remember thinking, oh, that's an interesting choice. Kaylee Cuoco. Why do I know that name? Big Bang Theory. She's Penny. Uh, I wish you would not have told me that. Um, she... I also wish I would not have looked that up. Oh, you're right. I recognize her. She um, has a... She's a good comedic actress. Mm -hmm. I don't know how she's a good voice actress. Oh my god. So I went to IMDb just to look this up. And you know how they always do like the here's what she's known for. Right. Well now we have to give her some credit. Because okay. she was in the cinematic masterpiece that was utterly robbed at the Oscars in 1995. Oh dear lord. Virtuosity. Oh Whatever. Um, which is the movie that's famous for having Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe kind of like Denzel Washington was just starting to take off. Russell Crowe, like literally no one really knew who this guy was at this point. That movie is so bad. It goes around the horn to me. Like I have a really soft spot for that one. It's not a good movie. I have a soft spot for it. Okay. Well, um, but apparently oh yeah, she was she's done. That. She's done voice work. She has, yes. I'm looking at that now as well. She was Eleanor um, in Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. I did not see that. She's also done a lot of voice acting in The Brats. Oh, dear Lord. That's not helping her cause here. No, no. I'm actually going to go ahead and say that, like, for a second there, I was like, oh, virtuosity. And now I've just gone back down to not i've really never heard mind. of monster allergy but she was a voice in that she was a voice of a potato ah yes yes i i also voiced a potato i'm just kidding i have no idea what i'm talking about right now like just stuff just comes out of my mouth sometimes um she was in charmed <laughs> So, I mean, 
I'm willing again. I'm willing to give it a chance. I love it. It also has Tony Hale in it, which is delightful, and Christopher Maloney for all you SVU fans out there. Um, again, they have not steered me wrong so far. I have been very impressed with everything that they've done. So I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping that this ends up working out, and that they're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna keep it, because you know. I like it. It's fun. I'll be sad. I will be super sad. And it's, and not just because I won't get another season of Doom Patrol. <sighs> there's so many questions. Well, so I'm already going to be angry that there's not going to be another season of Swamp Thing. Um, at did they, first... Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Why did they cancel Swamp Thing before the show even aired? So, the long and the short of it was, it sounds like it was a clerical error. They filmed it, despite it taking place in Louisiana, they filmed it in North Carolina. And apparently they were supposed to get some sort of grant from the North Carolina government because they were filming in North Carolina and they want to encourage people. I think all states do this. I think I read on one of the articles. And, um, they were supposed to get this get this grant from them, or all this money from them. And then they ended up not getting it because there was some sort of clerical error. And so this is an expensive show. It, it's shot on location. There's, there's some pretty big name people in it, um, but mostly it's shot on location. Again, the special effects, they spare, to use my favorite Jurassic Parkism, spared no expense. And it's just overall a really good product. I can see why it was expensive. So apparently with all that funding going out and given, again, given that this is, look, Swamp Thing is my boy. As everybody knows, this is my number one favorite DC character in the history of all of DC. He's a C-level character. I mean, it's, if you are a Gen Xer and you watched a lot of late night television, you probably are familiar with Swamp Thing just because of the crappy early 80s movie with Adrian Barbeau in it. Um, but that's probably as much as your knowledge of Swamp Thing is. Most people, if you say Swamp Thing, they're probably like, huh? In fact, I was talking with somebody about it and they were talking about how, oh my god, they totally loved Swamp Thing. And we were going back and forth and then as we were talking, all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, you're not talking about Swamp Thing at all he confused him for the toxic avenger which is also a fabulous <laughs> chef movie <laughs> wow okay yeah um yeah totally so I different like, i was like you know what like your heart was in the right place <laughs> i could definitely see why you would confl conflate these two especially since uh, the toxic avenger had like a cartoon in the early 90s a saturday morning cartoon for a while there first time i ever bizarre. heard of swamp thing was swamp thing was in a anti-littering commercial when I was young. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Alec would have been down with that. Um, <laughs> actually, I have to say really randomly. So watching the show. Oh, let me finish my thing. So they um, apparently that's why they pulled the plug on it. And because they shot on set. Now, this one, I can't seem to find like some people have been taught like I've seen four or five articles talking about how there were a lot of production issues during shooting and all of that. 
So I think it's because they were shooting on site. You're in a goddamn swamp. Okay, it's going to be a little unpredictable. Um, and I think just with scheduling and stuff, apparently the production for the show was just awful. So I don't know if this is one of those things where they were like, you know what, this was such a miserable experience. Our money fell through. We're done. We're killing it. Maybe if enough people like it, if we all clap and believe really hard. Or if North Carolina gives the money that they're supposed to. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. Um, Of all the stupid reasons for a show to be canceled, seriously. Well, well, money is, I mean. Oh, no, no, but I mean, like, the fact that it's like a clerical, like, it was was a clerical error. It was an oversight with a government, with a state government. Like, that's. Oh, I'm shocked that the government made a clerical error. Like, for all the reasons to cancel a show, oh, a state didn't give us the money they promised they were going to. What? Yeah, like, I totally understand money. Money is definitely a valid reason to cancel a show. I'm hoping that so many people like it that we get another one, because I can't have another firefly in my heart. Yeah, the uh, which sad thing is, like, North Carolina needs to make this right. Otherwise, word's going to get out, and no one's going to film there anymore. And that's money out of their pocket mm-hmm. that, that they're losing from, you know, hotels, meals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's one reason why Georgia has been really, really big on getting getting them to film in Georgia. And because it one, it's so much cheaper than California. And it's like totally increased all of Georgia's state revenue. Oh, yeah. Like, tenfold. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's all kinds of money. Um, and so all of that aside, that that sucks. But I understand that that would have left a bad taste in their mouth. And again all of this for a C-level comic book hero. Like, I get it. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess we gotta get that hype train rolling if it stays good. I know! So, if you're listening to this, go watch Swamp Thing. It's amazing. Um, I'm really enjoying it all over the place because they have the Sutherlands in here, and which, by the way, Mrs. Sutherland is played by Virginia Madsen, who I think she's like in her 60s now. I hope I look that good when I'm 60. She, I mean, she can tell she's older, but she looks amazing. She was always a very, very attractive woman in her youth. So not too surprising, but like, that's a surprise. Um, but they're going with the Sutherland arc, which I always really like. Um, Abby Arcane is here! Yay! More on that in a second. Uh, the guy that they have playing Alec Holland, it's actually... I like everything that they're doing with it so far. They're being very faithful to several of the arcs in the comics. And so it's really fun because I'm watching it with my husband and I've read all of Swamp Thing, right? So I know all of the arcs. So for me, I can already start picking up on some of the stuff and I'm like, oh, I see where they're going with this. And the fact that they have Abby Arcane being a doctor for the CDC that's delightful because I know who Abby is but whereas my husband doesn't so it's kind of cool to watch him be like okay um and the bot as I said like the body horror in this is so good there's a scene early on where and if you're familiar with Swamp Thing you know immediately why this is happening but there's a scene early on where there's this body it's been killed it has all these vines coming out of it and all these growths on it and they have the body on the table 
like on to do an autopsy on it and all of a sudden all the vines start coming to life and the body sits up and these vines start just exploding out of it and like the body is ripping apart as these but as these vines are coming out and it is so well done it's Obviously, it's better quality than John Carpenter's The Thing, but it's that level if you're of a certain age and you watch that when you were young, you remember how much that blew your mind and the craftsmanship in that. It's that level of care and it just, it looks so good. And Swamp Thing himself, once he becomes, well, Swamp Thing, who he looks like melty, swampy, mossy guy. Really, really a good job with it. I absolutely adore it. Um, it's not to say that it's without complaint. Um, the girl they cast as Abby Arcane, I don't really like. Um, she kind of has, I think we talked about this earlier, she has the same problem as the girl who plays Caitlin Snow on the Flash show, where this is clearly a runway model that you have spar outing technical gibberish. Unfortunately for her, I don't think it would bother me as much if we wouldn't have just watched Chernobyl. And if you're saying to yourself, wow, it's really unfair of you to compare a superhero show to Chernobyl, you are 100% correct. Having said that, when you watch that show, when you listen to Jared Harris and Emily Watson, who are not nuclear physicists, just so we're clear, they are an actor and an actress. Um, did you ever doubt for a second that they knew 100% what they were talking about? I thought she was a physicist in her spare time. <laughs> right. I mean, like, she just, she spoke with such authority and she spoke in such a way that you were like, oh, yeah, this lady knows what she's talking about. So, like, there was this kind of moment where I was like, whoa, like, I've seen Emily Watson and all these other things. She's, I mean, she strikes me as being a smart lady, but, like, she's not a nuclear physicist. So, that was really good. So, unfortunately, that's kind of colored me so that when you're listening to Abby Arcane being like, be sure to give him 10 cc's. It, it just it just sounds so fake and bad and she just strikes me as so young for being this person because I think she's only I think the actress is only like 30 for being an expert a world-renowned expert for the CDC you know even the actors in ER sounded like they, they were doctors right exactly even they managed to pull that off right there there's a strong disconnect here um two things of note so they have a guy named Kevin Duran, who is a character actor. I really like him. I always have. Uh, if you're into nerd culture at all, you probably recognize him from one of two places. Either, again, the cinematic masterpiece, X-Men Origins Wolverine. He played the blob. Um, oh, my gosh. Or, okay. Yeah, that guy. Um, or if you watched The Strain on... Um, on FX, he was the big Russian guy, the rat uh, exterminator. And um, I really like him as a character actor. <laughs> He's playing Plant Man, aka Floronic Man. Um, he's just a little quirky. He really likes plants. Uh, he's he's basically male Poison Ivy. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird role for him, but it works. And... <sighs> They have Ian Ziering, who can we acknowledge for a second? I mean, 90210 came out like when I was a kid or a tween. Um, oh. He looks amazing. <laughs> he is aging. That, that was the 90210 guy that was in Sharknado, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he, he looks the same. 
Yeah, he does. I mean, he looks like maybe he's like five or ten years older. Like, considering that 90210 started like 30 years ago, he looks... Oh, man, I feel old. <laughs> that kind of hit in the feels, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, what was I talking about with somebody the other day? I had said something... And um, I had said, like, it happened, like, in, oh, they had said, they were like, oh, it's like 30 years ago. And I was like, it was in 1990. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, 29 years ago. It's like, oh, (laughs) right. (laughs) My heart. (laughs) Like, somebody get me my arthritis pills. Yeah, because 30 years ago was still the 80s. Yes. Thank you. next year it'll have been the 90s stop mm. it <laughs> sorry just no i know i'm sorry <laughs> but um he's playing the blue devil daniel cassidy who is a character that when he showed up you might remember when he showed up in um justice league dark i was like oh this freaking guy i don't care about this guy but the fact that ian Zoom is playing him i'm already like Blue Devil. I've always kind of liked him. Like I was even telling my husband, I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna have me carrying about." The way that I can explain it is that it would be as if they had him playing Booster Gold, and all of a sudden you were like, "Oh, Booster Gold." Yeah, I've always liked him (laughs) because Carrie and I both don't like Booster Gold, but Blue Devil's kind of my Booster Gold, where I'm like, "Oh, I come around on Booster Gold." (laughs) Of course you have. Well, it's because of Heroes in Crisis. I mean, I got two reasons. One, he gets in an argument with himself, which is just great. As one does. Well, he, <laughs> he's in the he was in the virtual reality room and they're like you can oh, right. you can have anything, so he just had it himself and and so the his his projection of himself is like, This is all you can think of, like how dumb are you? And just insults him to the one he's like, And seriously, your hair? Like what is So there's that and when you know they're going through time science to try to explain like with the flash and he's he's like oh yeah we could just do this so we had to do that like on two birthday parties ago i was like dude i don't want to go to one of your birthday parties because it seems like every one of your birthday parties you have to fix the time stream um that's amazing yeah yeah no i i absolutely i'm i'm sold on him let's see what they do with him um but it's yeah, the last thing I'll say, it's... So, because... So, Swamp Thing, one of his BFFs, well, actually, his best frenemy, is Constantine. And so, I was so excited, because I was like, they can bring Matt Ryan into this, because they have the Constantine show on the streaming service. They have the rights to it. Oh, okay. So, they can bring Matt Ryan in, and then... Because, like, Constantine actually ends up teaching... Uh, Swamp Thing so many things about his powers like the fact that he can die and regenerate anywhere in the world pretty much Um, all really cool but because of that it's definitely in that dark magic universe so it's a horror series like they've had a couple pretty effective jump scares where you're like oh shit Um, not nothing that like I mean it's you know what a wuss I am (laughs) no I mean it's stuff that like it happens and then you're like fuck you it's like if somebody like comes up behind you and is like ah and you're like ah i'm scared for two seconds but god get out of here um and that kind of stuff but it's again it it's shockingly good so far again not perfect mm-hmm. but i'm on board i it's probably the quality of like those last couple um titans episodes 
totally on board. So I hi, go watch it, please. Save my show. Um, <laughs> there's no saving it. But at least join me in my lamentation. So you, ha- oh my gosh, where do we even start with you? Well, you have Uncanny X-Men. Let's just begin at the beginning. Yeah, it's been weird. Because like we've, we've gone from like I have two comics and then ten and then one and then I'm five. And <laughs> I can't right. keep up. But I'm slowly kind of catching up in the last couple of weeks and Uncanny X-Men was from a couple of weeks ago. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to read this because it's with Emma Frost, because up until this point, no one knows who Emma Frost is. The only reason why they kind of remembered who she was is because uh, of all people, Kane Marco. It's like, hey, why isn't Emma on this list? And they're all like, who? Um, so they're like, apparently she's done something that nobody remembers her. And then you've... Uh, uh, Cyclops has been working for Captain America, like, on the down low. Then you find out at the end of la- the last issue that uh, that's not Captain America. It's Mystique. Right. Posing as Captain America, and she's working with Emma Frost. I was like, you know, I really don't want to know what Emma's up to, but I finally read it today, and damn, you know, as crazy as this whole... Ever since Uncanny X-Men started, as crazy as it has been, shit's finally coming together because... Really? Before X-Jesus showed up, which I think he showed up in at the third issue, there was a thing where one of the young X-children stole a virus from Beast's refrigerator. And he was trying to find out, why did you steal it? And who are you giving it to? And the kid just kept crying. He's like, I had to. Emma Frost told him to. It's all kind of coming together where she's been this whole time. Um, she's been through hell. And as much as I don't like her after what she did uh, with Scott's death, to use it for her own agenda to kill all of the, um, what are they called? The Inhumans. I, mean, I don't like the Inhumans, but we don't need to have another mass genocide. Um, right. With that whole thing and... Um, so she just kind of disappeared. Well, she's taken over the Hellfire Club. She is the Black King, which I find interesting. But she's also under control of the U.S. government, and they're using her to try to find uh, other mutants. And so that's why she's kind of had Mystique posing as Captain America and getting Scott to do all this kind of stuff for her on her behalf but she's doing it because she has this other grand plan now the one thing i really liked in this issue was when she's you know kind of doing she's tracking people with her mind she doesn't have a cerebro she doesn't want one because she doesn't want to do that good of a job and uh, she also doesn't want to be too good at it because they can track who she's finding right and all of a sudden She's like kind of doing a search and she's like, oh, oh my God, oh my God, he's back and gets up and she goes to a restaurant and there's Scott eating and she sits in front of him and she's like, I can't believe that you're back. There's so much I want to tell you. I have so much to apologize for. Mm-hmm. Bad things are happening. Please promise me that you will stay hidden 
That's the only way I can keep you safe. And don't forget how much I still love you. And gets up and leaves. And he's just still eating. I was like, man, he's just really ignoring her. He never knew she was there. So basically she, she masked herself. She implanted the idea in his head that he needed to stay hidden, stay safe. And then, you know, remove yourself from memories including Logan, like, and she even met, met with Logan and he was like, oh, hey, I'm so glad that you came. I, you know, now I don't have to hunt you to kill you. Mm-hmm. She implants in his head. She's like, hey, Scott's alive. He's like, yeah, that's great. She's like, you need to go help him. He's like, mm, I really don't want to. She's like, no, you're going to. And she totally implants in his head, like, you're going to help him and you're going to help him stay hidden and you're going to help him be safe and do everything that only you can do. And then she's like, and this never happened. And all, of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Logan goes, who was I talking to? And then some guy, like, bashes a bottle over the back of his head. And he's like, okay, it's oh. on. <laughs> oh. So she's, you know, trying to keep Scott safe. So one of them are like, oh, my God, that's, like, so sweet. But you still did really bad things, bitch. And uh, yeah, unfortunately for her, she didn't know that Logan has like found uh, Quanan as a new buddy because she's back and a thing. Right. And she was able to remove that little uh, forgetfulness from his mind. And so now he's shown up at her place. It's like, OK, so we have to talk. <laughs> um, but he doesn't really want to talk. He kind of wants to go stabby stabby. The best part is that she's captured Mr. Sinister. And he's all, uh, like, he's like, he's like the dampener collar on him and everything. And then when you find, he's like, oh my God, Captain America captured me. And he's like, oh no, wait, it's Emma. You're going to help me, right? And she goes, no. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. You're going to go back into my own personal cell. And then by then, Logan and Quanon shows up and he goes, well, isn't this just the best day to be captured? And <laughs> that's how the issue ends. Like, oh, this is actually getting interesting. Finally, it's all kind of coming together. I hate that it took six months for it to get to this right. point just for it to end anyway. Right. Well, it's it's almost as if that imposed deadline. They were like, okay, now we have to figure this shit out. Although I want to say, though, for the fact that this kid, you know, stole that virus so early on, they knew. And, you know, when they did their X-Men Black Run where they had like one issue devoted to particular villain, they had one for Emma Frost. So I... Do you want to believe they did have this part, this plan carried out? Now, maybe they brought it, maybe they sped it up when she was going to reveal herself. I have, it all depends on when they had this conversation with Hickman. Right. We, we, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was surprisingly good. And I actually felt something for Emma Frost, which I never thought that was going to happen. Holy cow. Are you? Do you need to check yourself for fever? I might. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Nurgle worship starts. Just kidding. It's probably more like Zinch because it's schemy weirdness. Anyways. Or slamish, um, to be honest. Yeah, that is kind of a glutton for punishment sort mm-hmm. of thing. So you also have Deathstroke. Yeah, and Deathstroke, man, you know, this series has always been told in a Pulp Fiction format. And that's right. been great for it, but it sucks when it's only released once a month. And I'm like, oh, what happened last month? Well, I totally forgot that the last issue last month ended with 
Red Arrow killing Deathstroke. Okay. Yeah, apparently uh, Damien was wishing that he was dead, and Emiko's like, okay! <laughs> That's like the most Damien thing ever. You know, he's like, I don't know why I bothered saving you. Like, I wish you were dead. And Emiko in the corner is like, I got you, fam! And hits him in the arrow and kills him. And now Damien, like, he's not taking it well. He's not handling it very well. He's very upset. She's telling him not to be guilty. She's like, oh, he deserved it. He's like, That's not the point. And then he, then Kid Flash shows up. He's like, hey, where were you? You could have stopped that arrow. He's like, don't blame this on me. So we got kind of those little Teen Titans uh -huh. fighting. In the meantime, Jericho, uh, Deathstroke's son, is kind of like jumping people to try to find out who killed his dad. Like, kind of, he like, so right. Psyches. Finds out. He's now out to kill both Damien and Imiko. Which I'm just kind of like, well, that's fine with me. <laughs> it's kind of a victimless crime, really. Right? <laughs> Have at it. Give that man a medal. But the main focus of this issue was Deathstroke's funeral. And all of DC's villains have gathered under a truce to pay their respects to Deathstroke. And Sinestro even shows up as like, is this actually Deathstroke? Like, holy crap, he really is dead. Does he pop out of the coffin at the end and he's like, I'm back! Nope, they bury him and that's it. And Wintergreen is going through his laptop and making sure what? all of his contracts were fulfilled. He's like, well, I guess there's one that we won't fulfill, but, you know, that's how it goes. And then Rose ends up taking it. Even though both Commissioner Gordon and Wintergreen were like, he didn't want this life for you. He kept you away from all this because he didn't want you to be an assassin. And now she's taking up the Deathstroke mantle. But now Jericho also wants it. The Legion of Doom has actually offered it to him because he was able to get through Sinestro's barrier and take control of him. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, he's like, I'm going to kill him. And everyone's like, no, no, that that's interesting. Like, we might have a use for him. He's able to do that. Oh, my God. So they have invitation for him to join. But he wants to kind of be the next. They're like, you should be the next Deathstroke. And now Rose is trying to take up to be next Deathstroke. Like, there's got to be something going on with this. This is not really happening. Right. And says next is she find out who becomes the new Deathstroke. And I have to say, if they, if there is another, if they do pass the mantle, if uh, Slade Wilson is dead, I'm done. Because... I mean, I'm sorry. It's like Bruce Wayne. He's always going to be Batman. He's just never going to age because you have anybody right. else step in. It's just not going to be very good. The closest you had was like Batman Beyond. And even then he was still present. Um, so it's not Deathstroke without Slade and his sarcastic, nihilistic point of view with everything. Right. I... This series sounds so bonkers. So who do you want to be the next Deathstroke? Slade? Like, I'm ready for him to come back. Like, I'm like, throw him right. into... But I mean, like, if you had to choose between Rose and... Would Rose even make a good... Are they going to go with fem Femstroke? You know, the problem with Rose is, like, I probably would have been on Team Rose if she hadn't gone through this whole thing with being possessed by this right. Hmong princess. And of all people, 
Two-Face is the one who helped her get rid of it. But I guess he knows about the dual personalities or something. I, I don't know. Again, this is a series I am going to have to sit and read from beginning to end. Right. Because I remember you said it's crazy. It's all over the place. Just, just to try to connect. Like when the, because the other problem is not, it's not only what is happening, it's when these things are happening. Because like Pulp Fiction, the movie, they jump around in time constantly. Yep. So it's like, oh wait, is that a flashback? Or is that was happening now is did this happen in the past is this going to happen it's it's a mess right which is why i didn't even remember that deathstroke was killed or i might have seen the arrow kill him and just figure that's not gonna do it right yeah. I, <laughs> I okay right I'm, I'm glad you can keep this straight it's just, it's just i'm not keeping it straight that's the thing well i mean I'm glad you're going to try. I, I'm i just like, ooh. So actually, so you mentioned Pulp Fiction. So the first time that I saw Pulp Fiction, I didn't actually see it. I saw parts of it. And so I was like, I watched the first part of it, and I saw, um, what's his face? I saw John Travolta get killed. Okay. And then I left, because I had to go off and do something else. And then I came back in, and he was alive again. And I was like, oh, did you guys start the movie over again? And I was really confused, and I was like, well, that's just dumb. And then you sit down and you watch it and you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. I get it. Um, well, you know, and as sensical as it is, right? Uh, it, I don't know. That's actually a really I, good metaphor for reading Deathstroke every month. Right. So that's, I mean, maybe this was a series and we've, we've mused about this before. Maybe this was a series that it really just should have been read as a graphic novel. Like once it all comes out. Right. I mean, yeah. Because I've also said that with East of West, that, like, by the time a new issue comes out, I'm like, what happened? And then, oh, oh, this happened, like, ten issues ago. This thing that they're referencing. So, like, I think once East of West wraps up, I'm going to have to go back and read the whole thing from start to finish. So then I can actually appreciate the story. Right. It's such a time investment. Well, yeah, and it's it's the same with Deathstroke. And I knew this was going to happen. I've done that before with some of the arcs. I'm like, okay, right. let's see how this happens. But this arc has been going on forever. Like, I am still not 100% sure what happened when he was in Arkham Asylum. Right. Did he fight aliens from space? I have no idea. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Why not? And it's because this bizarro stuff happens, you know... And got a month apart, and it doesn't help that he, that they talk about, oh, that didn't happen. You're imagining things, or you're on, you know, these meds are making you think that. So it's it's almost like watching it up, watching the whole series of Legion. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I watched that series. I binged it and didn't watch it week to week because I would have been just as lost. Because right. the, the whole show, you're going, what is real and what isn't. And that's how I felt this right. whole arc with Deathstroke when he was in Arkham Asylum. Like, I could not tell what was real. Mm-hmm. And that's been his biggest problem, has been what is real and what what's not. And everyone, like, was this real? And people were making him think he was crazy? Or is he actually mm-hmm. crazy? It's, uh, the funny thing was, though, Adeline was very upset at his death. Like, woman... 
You've done nothing but try to make his life miserable and you've tried to kill him. And I guess like when it was finally said and done, she's like, oh my God, I'm, what else am I going to do with my life? <laughs> I got nothing else. He's, can't make him miserable anymore, I, I guess. Right. I, I don't know. I think in oh her own God. weird way, she loved him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to quote one of my favorite lines from Wintergreen, this man is about to undo the space-time continuum because he can't hug his children. <laughs> and That's I, one of my favorite lines ever. It, you, you know, because I laugh so hard. <laughs> it's true. And I think Adeline is is the same way. And I think because, again, he couldn't hug his hug children. Hug his children. Or her. And so you also are reading Swamp or uh, Shazam right now, aren't you? Yes, I, I am reading Shazam. Um, I don't know what's going on in that one either. Because, again, with the month monthly thing and with... I think I'm coming to the conclusion that magic eludes me. So right. there's a lot in this. Like, I'm, I think I understand it, but then I don't. Black Adam has shown up, and that's just made everything worse. Like, he's trying to help, but he's ruining things at the same time. I think you just described Black Adam in a nutshell. Okay. And then Dr. Shivana is there, who is trying to um, take all magic for himself. And this still, the fact that this doesn't tie in with Justice League Dark still just infuriates me, but please continue. Well, he's trying to take all magic for himself. And they're talking about how the nexus between all these different, these seven magical lands, because Black Adam is mad that Shivana found it in the first place. He's trying to stop him. Shivana's more powerful than he thought because he has this wonderful little caterpillar helping him named Mr. Mind. <laughs> little bookworm. Okay. He's like super powerful and is giving Dr. Shivana like all this magic and he's taking it from Black Adam. He's like, I'm going to take it from the Shazam family too. But, uh, Mary and Billy are finally able to escape King Candy, although he has now decided I am not King Candy. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, like from Wreck It Ralph? K- uh, King Kid. <laughs> he has a scepter made of candy, so. Oh, well, there, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> and actually, when I, he talks, I totally imagine Alan Tudyk voicing that. So it, It's salmon. It's clearly salmon. <laughs> it works. Um, so he's like, okay, that's it. You're going to mess with my world. We're going to we're going to go to Earth to like the regular Earthlands. So now we're going to have King Kid and all these kids on sugar highs going through Earth and I guess killing all adults or something. I Dr. Shivana is taking all of sure. magic. Billy and Mary somehow got blown back into their room, you know, almost like a Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe situation. And hey, um Billy's dad is there and is ready to take him away. But the rest of the kids are not there. And so Mary's like, I got to go back and get the rest of them. And of course, their adoptive family's like, what do you mean? Why aren't they up there with you? And so she's like, well, maybe it'd be easier if I show you. And then she shows herself as Mary Shazam. Oh, okay. Right. All right. So, and I think this is the next issue is going to be wrapping this up. So I am curious, like, is this really Billy's dad? I mean, he does look like Shazam. Mm-hmm. Like, so, which I guess is that's what Billy would look like all grown up. Um, right. 
It doesn't, he doesn't have a real good excuse for where he's been, where they're, where he's like, oh yeah, your mom's alive. We're going to go find her. I'm like, well, what, where the hell would y'all do with Billy? He just like dumped him in the street. Well, actually in a flashback, that is apparently what happened. They dumped him in the street. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Because apparently if you don't want your kids anymore, you can just dump them in the street. Right, and just no one will ever come looking for you. Or uh, leave them at a carnival. <laughs> or in um, the case of the other... So, the other series that I'm actually reading is the one that you're reading, too. And I really can't wait to talk to you about this one. Maneaters, apparently you drop your kids off at a rehab facility so you can start the revolution. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in this, either. I swear to God, my comics make me feel dumb. I mean, <laughs> well, I think, so I, I understand what's going on, but I think the best description- I don't understand the why. I don't understand the why of it yet either. Why this camp, why, or this facility, I guess. Um, I have decided that this is officially, because, so the first three or four issues were brilliant. Right, where it was just like, oh my god, look at this really tongue-in-cheek thing. But now, I think they had, like, three or four issues worth of material. And then Image was like, keep going! And now the issues are becoming episodes of The Family Guy. Which is, they have ten minutes of material, and then they just drag a joke on for twenty minutes. Again, I, and I think I've made this reference but before, but do you remember when Peter falls and he scrapes his knee? Yes. And it's that two minute, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's so bad. And that's what this issue felt like. So at first, they reveal that our hero, our heroine, has been brought to a rehab facility where a bunch of men are going to fix women who have these problems, the cat problem. And because they're men and then clearly they can explain to women how to fix their problems. Uh -huh. I see what you did there. That's funny. And then it keeps going about how, oh, they're going to explain it and we're going to keep playing all these games and blah, blah, blah. And Okay. Got it. Oh, you remember that game from that one magazine that we put out last issue? Yeah, I, I remember that. Are we done with this now? No. Uh, I skipped through all the blood sport stuff. Uh, I was like, I don't even care. I glossed I, over some of it. I, I didn't care when it was in that last issue that ended up being a, a pamphlet. Yeah. I didn't care then. Still don't care. Again, so it's like, and I, don't, I, think you, I think we've said that you've had, had the same conversation with your son. With my daughter, I'm always having to say to her, how many times is a joke funny? Once. Because kids will sit there and like say the joke like six times and you're like, okay. A joke is funny once. I'm starting to feel that way with the series. The joke was funny once. Just stop now, please. So, and I think the best when I was telling you and I was like, oh my God, it's just a little too on the nose and they're dragging it out. And you were like, oh, did you not like the four pages of Owe Since, you know, it's the revolution of the cat women, right? Like, Got and it. it. I, and I wasn't being facetious. It was literally four pages of. No, it was. So at first, when you said that, 
I was like, oh, that's funny. And then as we were getting ready to podcast, I went back and was like, oh, my God, it was four pages. I thought you were being a little hyperbolic. Hmm. You were not. Mm-mm. At all. I didn't need to be. <laughs> to no, be honest. you didn't. <laughs> Which, really? I don't know. It's... My, my beef with it is like, I don't mind stuff being on the nose, like. I'm I'm fine with that. Right. Um, this is becoming almost um crap, what is that terrible series? Uh Robert Jordan wrote it. Oh my god, The Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. It's feeling like that and that we're having all these pages where nothing happens. Yes. Well, Yeah, and that's actually, oh my god, that's actually a perfect analogy, because if you ever read the Robert Jordan series, so the big gag for, like, the first six books, the big gag was that, like, three quarters of the book were what people ate. And then for, like, the last four books, there's literally an fight me, I don't care, fight me, this is accurate, the ninth book was a summary of the eighth book, and the tenth book was mostly a summary of the ninth book. I had heard that from um, somebody who, when you read them when they first came out. Yeah, us, we did too. So that's the problem. That's the problem, is they hook you when you're young. We bought the books when the thir- after the third book had come out, right? And so then you were like, oh, maybe it'll get better. And I gave up after the fifth book. My husband kept going because he was like, I'm going to complete this series. And then I, I quit halfway through the fourth book. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I just, when they got the horn that like summoned all of the great heroes and then they were just like, oh, never need that again. And Perrin, I know I've made this joke before, but if I wake up one day and discover that I can talk to wolves... You're never going to see me again. I'm going to go into the mountains of Yellowstone and I'm going to have a wolf army and I will declare my own kingdom. Sorry, what are you going to do? I talked to fucking wolves. Right? That'd be the best, like, headline ever. Right? <laughs> Negotiate with me and my wolf army. Um, <laughs> parlay with the president. Um, yeah, I. It, it's the best description because... It is. It's like somewhere between that where nothing's really happening. They're just recycling the same joke over and over. And then just that dragging the joke too much. And like, again, I I feel as though at this point, it's Chelsea Kane saying, do you see what I did there? Did you get it? Like, did, did you get it? Like, do you see what we're doing here? Like, this is why this is funny. Eh, 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 eh. 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 Yeah, there was an old, um, there's an old Monty Python skit where uh, Eric Idle was doing this wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's how it feels right now. And that's not a compliment, even though I am using Monty Python in the same reference, in the same breath. But, well, that was a compliment in this. It was funny when he did it. This is, this is not funny. It actually reminds me of a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale, which everybody I know who's listened to Welcome to Night Vale has the same reaction that I had. The first episode you listen to, this is so amazing. The next three episodes you listen to, these are really good. The fourth or fifth episode, you're like, oh, it's it's just the same thing over and over, isn't it? And it feels like it's the writers leaning through being like, we 
are so clever. We are so clever. Did you pick up how clever we are? Because we're clever. I'm not, I'm not down with that at all. So it kills me. I wanted to support this because those first three issues blew me away so hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hate it. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I, I think I actively hate it. If there's an... Right now, I'm going to stick with it. Yes. The next time there's another issue that is just a catalog or a magazine, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going to go through that again. I think for me... I think for me, the next time there's a catalog or a magazine or something like that, I'm done. And the next time that nothing happens, really, I'm done. I Because, like, nothing really happened in this issue, either. They're not really progressing a story. No, I mean, they did, I would say, the first couple of pages and then maybe the last couple of pages. Right. Uh, you know, the okay, so she's there. Okay, yes. Haha, ha, we got some mansplaining going on for how women should deal with their periods. That's good. Right. I, I like that. Why are we reading Charlotte's Web? Like, line by line. That I understood the was point a of it. shocking. I understood the point of it. I really did. Yes. But... Did you have to read like the almost the entire last page of Charlotte's Web, um, line by line, engaging everybody's reaction, panel by panel? Um, did we have to go I over the say sport again? Again, that I didn't care about to read about in the magazine, um, and then right. and then just to and like, oh, this is what we're doing to start a revolution. Like, well, what revolution? You guys are just you're at this rehab center, and I don't even know what the rehab center is supposed to do i think i'm guessing that what they're gonna do with this is that they're going to um they're gonna say that there's a bunch of other people there that we haven't seen yet and so when they break through out of this facility they'll be busting out all these other girls and women who are there and then that's going to become part of their army and that you know they'll burn down this is going to be symbolic burning this down no no i don't mean that I don't understand the point of the rehab center. Like, what is the rehab oh. center itself trying to accomplish? I think it was supposed to be. I think what they're trying to say is it's the old... You remember... I'm sure you've read stuff about this, and it's also all grossly exaggerated, by the way. But in the old days, how they dealt with women's hysteria. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm guessing that that's... I mean, women... Overly emotional women would... So... Again, this is all kind of exaggerated because overly emotional women who also happen to maybe be a financial burden on their family because they couldn't marry her off or some shit like that. Like there were all these different reasons that these women would be institutionalized mm-hmm. other than the fact that they were, but people love to double down on the fact that it was because they were emotional. No, I mean, there was more going on there, but a lot of women were thrown into these institute were to mental institutions just right. because their families were like, yeah, you're fucking crazy. Um, just for the crime of being emotional. So I'm guessing that that's the point of this is that it's either just a place to put people and forget about them and treat, treat them, or it's a place to, you know, the idea is that you'll come out on the other side and you'll no longer be this emotional wreck and you won't, maybe you won't turn into a cat. That was my inference. I don't know if that's accurate. I just saw them saying that, Hey, you know, we just want to help women 
I'm, I'm waiting for the, how are you helping them? Aside from reading Charlotte's Web and then saying, Even I'm going to read. <laughs> right. And then we're going to read um, the diary of Anne Frank so we can gauge your emotional level. What is the point of that? Where are um, you going with can that? Can I say that I thought that was a really tasteless joke? Because two things there. One, that book should register an emotional response with everyone, not just women. So I actually felt that was kind of tasteless. I don't, and let me say that I don't know, and maybe it's just because of the people that I know, I don't know a single man who would be like, <laughs> that woman book. No, that's that's required reading for everybody, and it's regardless. But they also, but they also had where the red fern grows, and I wouldn't call that a, a woman's book either. They mentioned no, that. that book wrecks every third grade child who's forced to read it, and and then watch the movie because teachers right. hate you. Actually, my favorite, one of my husband's favorite stories is that when he was in fourth grade, I think it was his teacher read the book aloud to the class, and his. T- <laughs> And his teacher, his, it was a man, and he started crying when he was describing that, like, he had tears coming down his face, and he was, like, blotting his face with his necktie, and all of the kids were an emotional wreck, and that book affects everyone. A true story. So, um, we, I read, we read Where the Red Fern Grows in third grade, I believe. Mm-hmm. We watched the movie in fifth grade. And I was crying so much and I couldn't stop. They sent me home. That's funny. And even then, like, my mom wasn't even mad. She she let me just cry on her. Like, I like, I mean, I probably I think I cried till there was literally I I was dehydrated. There was no tears to to cry anymore. And to this day I refuse to watch it. That and old yeller. No. And like, right. Well, but I mean, my dad again, even gets emotional at old yeller. Everyone does. So like, but for some reason, that diary of Anne Frank joke, I found that in poor taste. Also, using the diary, which is a survivor's tale, well, not a survivor's tale. It's an accounting of a horrific event. And the reason that the Diary of Anne Frank is so hard to read is because it's this horrific time. We know her fate and it's this young girl trying to process this awful thing that's happening, right? I mean, using it as a punchline, I read that and was like, ugh, that's that's not okay to use it as a punchline like that. Um, maybe that's me being a little hypersensitive, but there are certain books that I'm like, this should never be involved in a joke ever and the diary of Anne frank is one of them so i didn't think that was that my way. little hypersensitive moment where i, I didn't was like, think of it that way but i did think i was like um it's like i'm not sure that's a like you could have picked a different book than the diary of, of Anne frank um, yeah i guess it's almost you know i mean it's not as bad but you know making a, using schindler's schindler's list to make a joke right and like oh we'll show you schindler's list next haha <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I did not. I didn't think that had any place as a punchline for you know, men trying to explain to women how to not be emotional. I so I, I guess this 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 year really disappointed me. The last the last one did too, but this one really disappointed me. The last issue didn't and, count. It didn't exist. 
It was a waste of my money. 100% fair. 100% fair. I'm sorry, Chelsea Kane, but it was a waste of my money. It was. Again, again, two pages would have been funny. Right. Not a whole issue. So, but I think that's, so hopefully next time I, um, hopefully I'll have more stuff because I'm going to go on a, I need to find new series. I am kind of drying up. Most of my series are on hiatus ending or I just quit them because I was like, these do not inspire joy. So hopefully I too will be like Carrie and have lots of things to talk about (laughs) next time and not just man eaters and a TV show that I'm bitter about. I mean, I, I'm kind of going through the same thing. I mean, I might be, can't, you know, a lot of my series are, are ending. I mean, all my X-Men's, my X-Men's are, are ending. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue with Deathstroke or not. You know, right. Green, Green Arrow ended. Um, it's, it's been really, it's been a really weird last few months. Right. With, like the highs and lows of things. And, and yet Justice League Odyssey is still going. Like, where is Justice League Dark? Where is the comic gods in all this? I don't know, but the fact that Saga has gone on a two-year hiatus and Justice League Dark is still meandering, just being like, uh, like again, it's the South Park with the wheel and the cutting the head off the chicken. That's that's what's going on right now with that series, and the fact that that's still going on, it really does upset me at some point. See, I'm actually fascinated whenever you have a new issue of Justice League Dark. Like, I have to know about this, you know, pattern and symmetry. You are the worst. On that note, you want to take us out, jerk? (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) Mocking my pain. You, you, okay, don't even. She mocks her own pain, people, okay? I do mock my own pain. And I could, I could quit the series at any time. I just choose not to. (laughs) You have, no so, one, you have no one to blame but yourself. I have no one to blame but myself. Well, and Larry from he's always I'm always gonna blame him. You know, um seems legit. I shall allow it. Thank you, madam. Yes. Wanna take us out? I will take us out. So thanks again so much for listening to another episode of Yelling About Comics. It's been episode number fifty five where we are pouring one out for DCU. Although, not literally, because I don't want to clean up a mess. Also, I'm not wasting alcohol like that. But anyways, continue. That, yeah. Not even the cheap kind, just because I have to clean up a mess. Exactly. It's sticky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we've gotten old. We're like, ew, a mess. <laughs> like, ew, that's so much work. <laughs> Things you don't think about when you're 20, but... No. Anyway, uh, we will be back in another couple of weeks with another episode. You can, of course, find the podcast on our website, yellingaboutcomics.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can also find the site on social media on Twitter at yellaboutcomics and on Facebook at yellingaboutcomics. I am on Twitter at crunchychocobo and Jen is on Twitter at jenbozier. And with that, we're going to say good night and good luck. Courage. <laughs> <laughs>